part of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profit. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour, your podcast and radio show to empower, enlighten, and encourage you on your path through womanhood. Shout out to our wonderful listeners uh, from all over the world. Thanks so much for tuning in again um, and thanks for the feedback. Uh, Just right off the top of the show, I do want to say that um, I'd love to do a show that's uh, like a mailbag show. So if you have any kinds of questions, it could be like just like deep questions, not so deep questions, silly questions, awesome questions that you've ever wanted to ask anyone uh, or you think that I could give a good answer for. Um, if, you're, if you want to have like a Dare Abby question or anything um, that you're like, okay, I got Kelly's uh, the undivided attention. Oh, this is something I'd really like to know about. Uh, it could be about politics. It could be about spirituality. It could be about um, uh, different social movements. It could be about your own personal growth any questions you have please email them to kelly at strongwomenco.com and uh, I'm going to put it all together for a show because I'd love to do a show of just answering questions Uh, when I listen to other podcasts those are sometimes my favorite episodes of the shows so I just want to get that off right off the top. So yes, welcome. Uh, I am Kelly Hickey. I'm a women's empowerment specialist and the owner and founder of Strong Women Co. Multi, uh, multi um, business. Uh, I'm totally confuffled, guys. I got to totally come off the bat. I got zero notes uh, for this show. And I'll explain why in a minute. I think you'll understand. But uh, just backing up the truck, strongwomanco.com is uh, the website for my company. We do one-on-one programs, group programs. We just did our first online workshop. Oh my God, that was so good. It was so good. I'm going to do so many more, uh, more online workshops. And if you have an online workshop that you want created, just send me a message because I am doing some brainstorming on uh, those as well. So uh, Strong Woman Co., we're really, fa- uh, really, uh, oh my God, I'm so stumbling. You're going to have to forgive me. Uh, I'm a little bit just exhausted, tired, and in shock here. Uh, but uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram uh, show no- links in the show notes there. All right. So as you can hear, I definitely need these three breaths that we're going to have um, up in a moment. Because we're going to talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart. It's called, it's about, um, uh, and that's why we take care of the vulnerable. Uh, you know, taking part, care of the vulnerable parts of ourselves for sure, but then also kind of in the macro, taking care of the vulnerable people uh, in our world. So before we get into that very, very important kind of topic that's really after hitting home uh, with me in the last few days, this is a, a more personal uh, podcast radio show than usual. Um, and honestly, it's... It's because I, I don't, it doesn't feel right to do anything else. Um, you know, I, I practiced about speaking your truth and what's going on with you. And I racked my brain trying to come up with a, a podcast topic that I could, you know, show up for and talk um, meaningfully about. And um, I just couldn't, I couldn't think of anything besides uh, to share what has been, uh, I've been going through the last few days um, and just kind of like, you know, zoom out and look at it because the personal is political. So um, before I get into that, let's do our three breaths. Okay, 
gathering our whole selves up. I'm going to do this a little slower than usual because I really need to just kind of find my center right now before I talk to you about all this stuff. Okay, shoulders away from your ears. Jaw nice and relaxed. Relax the space between your eyes. Relax your eyebrows. Relax your ears. Feel your shoulder blades go down your back. Relax your knees. Relax your toes. And let's breathe nice and easy into our nose. Little hold. Nice and gentle out. Let's do that again. Breathing in through our nose. Hold at the top. Nice and gentle out. Back to normal breathing now for a moment. Keep your eyes closed if you can. Notice what you're feeling in your body. Notice how those two breaths slowed everything down just a little. All right, and this last big breath out with a sigh, breathing in through our nose. Hold at the top. And then out with a sigh. <sighs> All right, let's dig into it, everybody. Let's dig into the topic of the day. And that's why we take care of the vulnerable. All right. Okay, let's dig into what sparked the inspiration of this show topic today. Um, and uh, you are going to have to forgive me if I am a little bit more full of the ums and ahs. Uh, today is um, two days away from a situation that happened in my neighborhood. Uh, pretty close by. But I'll back that truck up because I know we have a lot of international listeners. And I'll give you a background of um, where where I live and... Um, uh, where it is in the world and what it's usually like. Uh, so I live in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. Um, so it's very similar to what you'd kind of expect in a lot of uh, stereotypical Canadian kinds of ways. Um, and we are, Newfoundland is the island uh, and the most easterly point of North America. Uh, we're kind of uh, just off the coast of mainland Canada. Um, and Newfoundland is an island, so we have our own island culture, uh, a lot to do with fishing and, and uh, uh, different kinds of uh, food and Irish and English and uh, Spanish and French. We have, have a lot of um, a, a smorgasbord of cultures that have, uh, has created Newfoundland's culture. And in, in one of the things that we really pride ourselves in Newfoundland um, is how low the crime rate is. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, I think that there's this literal island mentality of taking care of one another. Um, we do often uh, have, a, have a good uh, record of taking care of one another. We have a, uh, the stereotype of a Newfoundlander is extremely friendly. It can be also a stereotype of being unintelligent, but that's a hurtful <laughs> stereotype. Uh, and, uh, but we're, we're a real kind of like uh, take care of each other kinds of people. Um, and that's kind of like part of our culture. 
Um, and we have a smaller population. So our whole population of the whole province um, is 500,000. And the biggest city in the province is St. John's. And with the suburbia, I believe it's around 200,000. So it's not a big, big city. Uh, but it, it's a nice sized city and has a, you know, a lot of thriving downtown and lots of restaurants and shops and so much culture and music. And um, it's, it's a great great wonderful safe place uh relatively safe place to uh, to live it's a slower pace you know um uh, we spend a lot of time outside it's um uh, when i wanted to have children i knew i wanted to move home uh, to raise them in newfoundland and i live downtown proper so uh, it's kind of similar to a lot of downtowns it almost looks like a uh, uh, san francisco because it's very hilly and the houses uh, were built about the same time because they had fire fires right before and um I love living downtown. I love being able to walk everywhere. There's entire like days and days where I go without ever having to get in my car because we just walk everywhere. Um, and it's it's a it's a wonderful lifestyle um, that I enjoy. Uh, you know, just being part and close to parks and and close to the waterfront and you know um, different events and plays. And you know, like most downtown um, places, there's a lot of different eclectic people there. I think that's kind of why a lot of people live downtown is, you know, like in my neighborhood, we have a lot of different business owners, writers, nurses, social workers, politicians, um, you know, uh, different tradespeople, which is a very eclectic kind of, um, a lot of arty folks, people in the arts, um, and musicians, um, folklorists, right? Like these, these are our, uh, the people in our, in our neighborhood. And you know, some young families, um, and it's for the most part just this beautiful row houses um, with interjected um, uh, little spots of trees and giant churches, you know, it's very nice. Uh, for the most part and I love living there um, and but there's become a crisis in the area because there has been a failure of uh, our government to take care of our most vulnerable people and uh, so in this wonderful downtown uh, you know where it's quirky I mean like we had a, a bonfire a random kind of like street party <laughs> for the summer with like a bonfire like it's, it's mostly mostly really wonderful uh people who you know uh work on the ships or or work in the dock and and uh it's it's a it's a fun loving group of people that is regular usually extremely quiet but there's one um house or it's just kind of like two houses um uh, right next to door to one another um in the neighborhood um that is emergency housing for the homeless and um, I've been in my house for seven years, and for the most part, it's been no problem uh, or very little problem. The folks in the uh, shelter, um, this is a for-profit shelter too, but I'll get to that in a moment. Um, mostly just add a little bit of color to the <laughs> neighborhood and, you know, um, keep to themselves, and they're just trying to survive too, you know, like, like so many other people. Um, but the last couple of years, there has been kind of a, a growing, um, uh, more and more serious issues coming out of the residents. And a lot of these residents, they could stay for like, you know, a week, a month, a couple of months, but often it's a short-term um, housing solution for most of the people who are staying in this house in particular are people who uh, are too problematic for X, Y, or Z. You know, according to X, Y, or Z, could be behavior issues, could be... Um, health issues could be all kinds of different things mental health issues addictions um uh, and so they go to this house 
And um, it's been um, quite an interesting kind of just journey to like learn about the people there and um, also just live in your own life. And uh, most people just mind their own business, you know. Um, and but there have been more and more kind of like um, uh, confrontations, like physical confronta- confrontations with residents uh, amongst themselves, um, and also just a lot of visitors through. And uh, I used to live in Reno, Nevada, and uh, I know what um, uh, what a meth. Uh, user's physique looks like, you know, like the gaunt, skinny, and I would see a lot of people going, in the last, you know, few months, I see more and more very, very, very skinny young people, like, walking to, and, and leaving, and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, no, meth's here, you know, it's like, it's it's pretty heartbreaking, and also a reality that I know all of our listeners all over, you're, in, this is what people all over the world are dealing with in urban centers, um, and so uh, there was just more and more situations of like people being just like out of their minds and um, uh, causing, um, you know, just ruckus, um, threats, uh, fist fights, you know, not like not every day, but, you know, enough that you're really concerned. And so uh, the neighbors got together. Uh, we just kind of were just really concerned for our own safety and the safety of uh, the folks uh, in the house. And. There had been one altercation that one neighbor had um, uh, taped, and we were like, okay, this is it. We have to get together and talk. So in just for in, in 24 hours' notice, I just put out a call to neighbors. I said, anyone wants to come uh, sit in my kitchen and we'll talk about what is going on so we can wrap our heads around how to help these people. And because uh, someone needs to help them, and they need a lot of help, right? And we needed to figure out exactly what the scenario was, who was making money off it. Um, so we were kind of like all sleuths, kind of figuring it all out and putting pieces together. And as I sat around that table, everyone around the table, no one, not a single person, uh, was saying, we need to get rid of them. And I'm so proud of everyone for that. But that is, that is a truth and reality. Everyone around that table was saying, we need to help them. How can we help them? They need help. And um, uh, so we, we were setting up a meeting with um, the, uh, the chief of police and um, our ward counselor for our city council. Shout out to Chief Boland and um, uh, Councillor Hope Jameson for being very keen and open to meeting. Um, took us very seriously. And we were actually in the process of scheduling a meeting um, when an altercation happened uh, a couple of nights ago, a, a violent act. Um, uh, it, w- it was a stabbing, and um, uh, it was, an, of course, an extremely uh, traumatic thing, you know, just a couple of houses down from me. Um, it was extremely predictable. All of us knew that it was just a matter of time. Um, uh, there was just many, many high, high-risk people you know, uh, reoffending people, just, just pe- mostly to tell you the truth in, in that house, you know, so it's homeless people. So who are most likely to hom- be homeless? It's mostly men um, in, in, in this scenario uh, that uh, are, are homeless and that's in our population. I'd say it's very common in others as well. Um, and you know, who, who, who is homeless? Uh, the people with addictions, people with mental health issues, people who are in the poverty circle and just like can't get out. Um, uh, and if I've dealt with people in the poverty uh, cycle. It's, it's a mentality that's extremely hard to shake when you've been told you're not worth anything your whole life. Um, uh, you know, it leads to anxiety and uh, lack of confidence and just like self-sabotaging behavior. 
other people who are homeless are LBGT youth, um, kids who have experienced trauma, you know, um, uh, who leave. Um, so in this house, we have uh, the smorgasbord of, of people who are, for the most part, down and out, and for the most part, just trying to survive. And, uh, you know, we have um, folks, uh, young, young men um, who had been through the foster care s s system and uh, at 16 uh, are emancipated and then can go, like, go to places like this house. There's also just older um, uh, men who I had um, witnessed uh, um, exploiting some of these young boys who had told my husband that he was afraid of, um, afraid of them. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole lot going on there. There's even a, uh, um, one of the individuals, the residents of the house is in a wheelchair and the house is not wheelchair accessible. And so to get in and out of the house, he has to scream uh, to, for help and just hope a passerby or someone around is kind enough to help him in. And, you know, uh, as you're hearing me say this, it's just you can hear the lack of respect for the, for the folks in the, the residence, for, you know, people without a home uh, and people very much in need, very, very vulnerable. Uh, high-risk uh, population that we're putting in, in dense concentrations. Uh, it's just setting them up to fail. And so, um, it, predictably, um, uh, violence occurred, um, and it was a, a stabbing, which uh, led to an extremely um, graphic scene. Um, lots and lots of cops and police dogs, and it was, it was, it was traumatic. I'm, like, not going to say it's not, because I'm still just kind of, like, breathing through it. Um, it was traumatic too on my little uh, girl who was four who um, overheard me saying uh, something and um, uh, then understood because she's so freaking smart. Uh, also, I mean, how do you hide 10 cop cars and ambulances and, you know, rowers search and rescue and police docks? You can't hide those things. And I, um, I, I it, time back, I would have uh, handled it a little bit more gently, um, but I was literally just shocked as things were happening in real time as well. Uh, so I'm going to try to cut myself some slack for that. Um, but, you know, uh, and then that young man, um, uh, and I'd love to hear his story. He was 23 um, and he passed away. So it ended up to a young man uh, dying. And um, like the residents had been predicting was going to happen. And so um, I know I'm, I'm, this is probably going to be triggering for some listening listeners, but I'm hoping that we can get to some kind of place of, of healing and just acknowledging the trauma, acknowledging the pain, acknowledging the wounds. Um, so that we can can heal and, and um, uh, acknowledge one another and bear witness to one another's um, existence uh, and experiences. And so, uh, you know, what is very interesting is um, myself and another neighbor have been speaking out about the situation. And, uh, you know, we're not speaking out in the usual kind of ways that the journalists and reporters are expecting us to. We're not saying, well, you got to get rid of them. There's no one saying that. Everyone uh, I've talked to in the neighborhood has said, like, we need to help these people. We need, they need, they need resources. They need um, uh, programs. They need social workers. They need addictions counselors. They need options. And by not doing so and by turning our back on them and just literally throwing them in the in, in a house together, you know, you're, 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 what, what does one expect? It's just, it's just extremely irresponsible and foolish 
and and um, uh, negligent to be doing this with with young 16 and 17 year old boys who are being further exploited. And uh, I'm just I'm just very frustrated with our government that has privatized homelessness like this. There are individuals in our city making literally millions of dollars in cash every year by um, housing individuals. Um, uh, and when this should be a uh, a provincial government um, uh, state. Uh, uh, ran system you know like this is there's some things that are just too important to leave to the private sector and also it's it's more expensive in the private sector and uh, without putting programs in place and without putting uh you know uh, social workers and counselors and giving them options for training and options for healing you know um we're just throwing them in the uh, it's it's just like a um uh, something that's ready to blow right like a pressure cooker and it's costing society so much it's costing society, you know, just the community cost of like, you know, safeties now feels like it's gone. Um, let, let alone like there's a life that is now gone, extinguished, uh, because the government had just turned a blind eye on this for so long, and just privatized it and privatized it and privatized it. Uh, when and then mo- moving this the issue of homelessness from you know different kinds of just shuffling it around, and it's like no one wants to deal with this issue from one department to another department. Oh, no, that's yours. Oh, that's yours. And it's, 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 it's infuriating. It's disempowering. It's uh, exhausting. And I am a woman who is just like, it's just witnessing how other people have to go through this system, right? And it's affecting me this much. So I wanted, I, I couldn't in good conscience talk about anything else than this because I feel so strongly that we as a people need to uh, do better. We need to do better uh, for our most vulnerable, for our high risk. We need to do better in holding our leaders and our government to, to uh, a higher standard than just letting them away. And, and you know, so this might not be a, a sexy uh, political issue where um, if you're opening a transition house, you might not get as much positive press as opening a art gallery or a swimming pool. But, you know, if we want to look at actually like, you know, the fiscal conservative ideology of like dollars and cents, like this is costing our society so much money. The amount of cops that have to show up, police, um, on a regular basis, all, like that's a, one of the, a significant call, a significant portion of all the calls that the police get is from these emergency homeless shelters, who which are for profit. So it, that should be enough, you know. And I also want to talk about how men help need help too, and it's our responsibility as feminists. You know, I just was thinking of. Um, that uh, Bread and Roses song, and it's like, as we go marching, marching, we, we march again, we march for men too. And of course we do, of course we do, you know? Uh, and I, I, I was thinking about how, you know, if this was a house full of um, high-risk, vulnerable uh, women, would we be so callous? Would, would the, would the uh, different levels of government been just like, not my problem, not my problem? I think it's just so easy for us to blame men for their own uh, the lot in life without looking at, you know, the things that uh, occurred to, to um, for them to make the, the choices or to have the lack of options or, you know, whatever it is. I just feel like there's a huge judgment put on it. And I'm just going to tell you something. Traumatized people traumatize people. Hurt people hurt people. So, you know, and, and the most common thing uh, people have uh, who have addictions is experienced trauma. So, you know, I just wanted 
to uh, uh, do a different kind of empowerment uh, in this today. I want to do empowerment through education. I want to do empowerment because I want to light the fire in your belly for the things that are important to you. You know, this is important to me. So it's, I'm taking time out. I've had to cancel and postpone clients. Sorry about that. Clients uh, will uh, reschedule when I'm not feeling so depleted uh, because this is important to me. And this is this is what we have to do to make the world better. And, you know, we, if we don't stand up for the vulnerable, who does? Who does? This is a, a radio show uh, about empowerment. And the real empowerment isn't all sunshine and daisies and girl power. It's about digging deep, facing darkness, and standing up, finding your voice, and making the world better. better. And, we, and this is what we do. And this is how we can do it. So I was thinking a lot about this. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'd love for you to think about you know, the different ways we can act as a society to look after the vulnerable. And as things happen in your life, uh, opportunities where, I don't know, maybe someone's crapping on um, uh, uh, some uh, a mother because she's on welfare, or maybe um, um, you see uh, someone at work kind of get bullied. Whatever the situation is, be a friend to the vulnerable. Be a friend to the vulnerable because how you treat the vulnerable says a lot about you. And how as a society treats its most vulnerable says a lot about that society. So we need to stand up for the disadvantaged. We need to stand up for the marginalized. We need to stand up for each other. We need to speak up. We have the power to do so. This is the whole premise of Strong Women Co. is encouraging women and good men to speak up, to have those hard conversations, to, yes, like my nerves were gone as I called Open Line, the radio show today, to voice these things. I was totally shaking, totally nervous, but I was like, this isn't about me. These are, these are concerns. Uh, we need to put the uh, responsibility back squarely on the shoulders of a government. That's what we have a government for. And it is only the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? So it is only, and I have tons of friends in, in government and this is what always what they say and I'd come to them with my important issues and they'd say Kelly make some noise about it and then I can do it so we need to make the noise right we need to let our government officials know that um, we uh, care about the vulnerable that we are going to look out for them um, and that you know we're not just going to throw people to the wolves no matter their gender, no matter uh, uh, their class, you know, no matter their, their history, everyone deserves to be treated with respect. And that should be a minimum, a minimum. So let's be those strong women. Let's be those strong, good men, non-binary folks. And let's make this world to, to better together by standing up for the vulnerable, taking care of the vulnerable, and fighting for them whenever we get the chance. For today's featured song, um, in honor of the men, the man who passed uh, and uh, who, who was killed, and all the other men in that house and in houses all over the world and in the streets, uh, I'm going to do for the first time ever, there's going to be a male voice in the featured song of the podcast today. It's Queen, so it's a particularly beautiful uh, male voice, I believe. And is the song, Is This the World We Created? It was written uh, in Munich after Freddie Mercury had watched news of poverty in Africa, and he sat down and, uh, and wrote it. And I think that it hits a lot of the things we need to think about is, is this the world we created? You know, that uh, where people are disadvantaged and, and uh, you know, 
hurt and in pain and with no options, well then we need to create another one and we can do that together. Take it away, Freddie Mercury and Queen. Is this the world we devastated? 